Good evening, everyone. Uh, Marhaba, welcome. This is Arium Talks. My name is Philmon Mengestad. I'm the host for this podcast. Um, so this is a podcast hosted by the Eritrean American Community Center of Georgia. As you may or may not know, uh, it formerly used to be known as Arium Radio. Uh, we had it going on for a while a few years ago. It's basically a culture that, or a podcast that talks about culture, music, identity, uh, what's in, what it means to be Eritrean here in Atlanta. And uh, we're starting it back up. So we are starting with a mini series talking about music and history uh, in Eritrea. And uh, I have a couple of hosts with me, Dali and Rahal. So before I get to that, I'm gonna introduce myself a little bit more. Um, as I said, my name is Philmon Mengestad. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised, currently residing in Stone Mountain. Um, I'm a volunteer at the Eritrean American Community Center. And I've been volunteering there since 2013. So about eight years now. And um, I am full Eritrean, born to both Eritrean parents who came here in the 80s. I've only been Eritrean one time in my life uh, as a child, but hope to go back soon one day. And as far as my understanding of Eritrean culture, I feel like I'm pretty good at it, but I can always be better. Uh, and I don't know much about music, so I was hoping to learn a little bit with Rahel and Dawi. So um, to talk about themselves, I'm going to go ahead and pass off to Dawi. Hey guys, <clears throat> thank you for the introduction, Phil. Uh, my name is Dawit Tespatlam, Dawit Solomon. Um, it's, I'm happy to be here. I was uh, born and raised in the Atlanta area. Uh, my parents were part of the liberation movement. Uh, they fought in the war. Uh, they were fighters. And uh, they also, my mom helped, uh, my family helped also with uh, founding the, the building for the Eritrean Community Center. So. Uh, so my parents are definitely active members and definitely happy to be here. So, and I visited Eritrea twice, uh, really been learning it bit by bit, but it's been like a, a group effort. Everybody just kind of teaching each other about the culture and, uh, and we're, we're learning some really cool stuff and we're excited to show you all, uh, what we have in store. So with that, I'll pass it to Rahel. And, uh, hello, hello everybody. Yourself. Uh, this is Rahel Yamana, and uh, I'm also from Atlanta, Georgia. I was uh, born and raised back in Asmara, Eritrea, and uh, I came in 2010. I went to Kenya and lived there for six months, and I got here in 2010. Uh, ever since I was in Atlanta, and I joined the Eritrean Community Center, I've been an active member since then. I uh, Currently, I'm in California, but uh, Atlanta is home. My, parent, my family lived there. And uh, I have visited back home about twice since, since I came from back home, um, 2015 and 2000, 2019. That was the latest. Um, um, I'm currently in California, but I go back and forth to Atlanta, Georgia as well. So, but Atlanta is home. So, um, yeah. Thank you, Rahel. Thank you, Dawi. Uh, so as I mentioned, it's a podcast. Uh, we're going to be discussing culture, music, and identity uh, for a lot of us, especially me and Dali being born here and while growing up in America, you know, for a big part of her life. Uh, we have, we touch our culture quite a bit just growing up in community center, but I can only speak for myself here, but I feel like there's quite a bit I don't know. So this is something we decided to work on, do some research, just learn more about Eritrean history and music. So we did quite a bit of research and we also wanted to share with our peers. I'm sure there's a lot of diaspora out there that don't know as much 
about Airtable Want to Learn. And there's a, a lot of material out there. So we gathered a lot of research together to hopefully share with you. Um, so we're going to, you know, spend some episodes just talking about music and the impact it had on Eritrea for uh, as it was becoming a country. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass to Dawi and Rahel again, just to talk about their relationship with the culture of Eritrea and the music. And Dawi, if you want to go ahead and start. Uh, so growing up, <clears throat> I was always a part of the culture. Uh, my parents, or I was always observing it. Uh, my parents always played the music at home and I went to church. You know, we went to a lot of weddings and gualas. Um, and so I always was observing, but didn't really know exactly what I was observing. I didn't know, you know, I, I speak the language to, to a certain degree. I speak it a lot better now uh, than previous years, but uh, it was always kind of just uh, touch and go. You know, you didn't really know exactly what was going on, um, but now now I'm starting to get a better idea of kind of the bigger picture and uh, getting some really like valuable stuff out of it for myself personally and just for, for my identity formation and who I am. Um, so, that's kind of my experience with music. Before I was just like listening to the beats and like melodies and I liked it already, but now like once I really understood the war, I mean, not the war, but the, the words and the context, I was like, wow, these are like some really touching songs. So so yeah, I, I learned a lot about it. And up until recently, I didn't really know a lot about it, but now, I just, now I'm starting to learn a lot more. So that's kind of my relationship with, uh, with music. Uh, Rahel, I'm sure you heard a lot of music. You you grew up out there for a lot of a large portion of your life, so uh, we love to yes. hear what you got to say about it too. Oh, I grew up to all the air train musics, literally for all the nine ethnicity because uh, back home you only have like one channel really. So they there is program for Tigrinya for English for Arabic songs, but also when in the Tigrinya part there's they bring every kind of song for the nine tribes, you know, um, as well as the radio. It's, you know, there's only one station or maybe two, but they play it for you. So you get to be exposed to different kinds of songs or different kinds of genres, you know, uh, whether it's a love song or a country song or anything for that matter. But uh, music has been a big part of my life. I love Eritrean music, Tigrinya especially. It's my go-to, even here. I've been here for over 10 years now, but I listen to Tigrinya songs like religiously, literally. So um, if you grow up back home and you start listening to those songs ever since you were a kid, they don't go away. Even if you move to a different country and you start listening to something else, they don't easily go away. Or you can't just replace them with something else. Um, with other songs, I mean, like English or any other kind. But uh, uh, growing up, I, I have never been part of any musical group or anything like that. But Eritrean songs, especially songs about Eritrea, everyone loves and everyone sings on any occasion, uh, Independence Day or uh, I would say uh, June 20th or September 1st, you know those liberation songs literally and um or independence day every singer has to prepare any song i mean a lot of singers have to prepare songs and uh, we would wait for those especially may 24th and everyone is like oh did you hear this song by this did you hear the song by this and um we played until like a year long you know whenever you get a chance whenever it comes to every tv and um so we don't 
I don't think a lot of young people like me know the old songs before before independence, you know, any songs that came up beforehand. But as you grow up, as you start listening to where songs come from, uh, and in the young generation, the new the new generation of singers, they they go back and they respect the older generation singers, you know, before the independence. And they always uh, the there's a group that I'm sure that we will talk about that too, Mata, and um, uh, they get together with the new generation singers and they say, hey, you know, this is what we used to do. This is what our came up was like this is how we came up this is how we formed everything this is what we used to do and the, the new ones respects them and they look uh, they look up to them to to what kind of songs they sing now so if you hear airstream song most of the airstream songs that are sing sing right now that are sung right now are songs about airstream more than more than love songs so i guess that's why every airstream is like attached to airstream songs kind of thing yeah that's my take at least um, that's great. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I not uh, to admit that I don't really know too much about tree music, only that my parents listen to. But growing up, um, being a teenager and all that, never really took interest in it. Uh, just very Americanized growing up, but I am, you know, trying to at least change that now to just learn more. So, so I'm excited to speak to both of you about this. Um, I know we, like I said, we did a lot of research on this, um, but there's, uh, I know. When we talked, we said we wanted to just take it back even before Eritrea became a country. So I'm actually going to go ahead and pass it to you, that way so you can go ahead and go a little more detail about the start of uh, Eritrea music and the history and how it came to grow to what we know it to be today. Um, so go ahead. All right, cool. So, so just to like give a background, uh, I did some. I found a cool fact. They said uh, the dancing that Eritreans do to bring up people when we dance in Guadalajara in a circle. They say that's the oldest preserved dance in uh, current like human history. They say that that dance is like thousands of years old. And uh, even some of the instruments they use, they say like some of the Egyptians used to play the same instrument. So some of that stuff comes back from like thousands of years ago. And uh, and it's essentially, you know, Eritrean music started off as a, a community thing. You know, communities are really a big important component of the culture uh you know a lot of us with these days with social media and cell phone you know we tend to get away from the community aspect uh but it's it's important to, to pay attention and notice that you know community is, is really important a lot of people working together is, is better than a bunch of people competing against each other you know what i mean so so what they would do is like they would do like hard diligent work, whether it's like farming or building like houses for the members of the community. They would sing songs and they would clap and um, they would sing songs as they work. And they would use traditional instruments like the karar and the walta, which are like string instruments and drums. And uh, they would just be out there having a good time. So group singing, harmonious choir, clapping, you know, that's all about the community, bringing everybody together. And you can see how somebody would come you know, back then they probably didn't have anything, no TV or anything. So you can see how somebody would go to that and probably leave like feeling a lot happier and better, like probably, you know, releases endorphins in your body, you know. But uh, but yeah, so as the uh, Eritrean revolution was forming, fast forward, um, Eritreans used the same music to communicate to each other. Uh, 
also later on they would use it to communicate to each other in a way where the Ethiopian colonizers at the time could not understand them. So they were almost like singing in code. And they were also using their music to spread nationalistic messages that touched the hearts and minds of the young people. And uh, later on when they did win, win the independence, uh, when you kind of look back at everything, you see that the Eritrean fighters used education, uh, culture, political awareness, but most importantly, they used music almost as a weapon to recruit. And uh, a lot of people would hear these songs and go straight to the field. So uh, music, you know, one can argue that without the music, maybe, you know, they would have been one. So music is really important. And, uh, and so as y'all may know already, the liberation was a uh, 30 years. It was a 30 year struggle from 61 to 91. So that's where we, uh, we're gonna start at. Uh, piggybacking off of what Rahel said, she brought up Mata. And Mata was formed in 1961. It was also called the, Mata stands for, and it's M-A-T-A, Mahaber Theater or Mahaber Asmera Theater Association. And uh, it was like a, right there in downtown Asmera, uh, Cinema Asmera. And this was an organization of a lot of talented musicians, singers that would, would sing and do plays. And it really unified Eritreans and boosted morale during, during the 30 year struggle. Uh, it, you know, it was a really, a lot of hardship at that time. So music definitely kept people going and, and kept people, kept the morale high. So uh, Rahel, uh, feel free to, to talk, talk about Mata and uh, what you know about the 60s. Okay, so I don't really know much about the 60s except, except for the songs that I grew up hearing, especially, uh, so those songs only come up when there is either June 20th or Independence Day, any, any events that have to do, like holiday events. And um, uh, I don't really know much about the history. So you just only know the songs from movies. There's a lot of movies that talk about like how Eritrean music started or what the role of Eritrean music was for the liberation. Um, Mata, I know it was the base of the Eritrean culture, really, especially for a lot of singers. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's a lot of uh, way for Eritrean people to go back and find out what it was like for the 60s, you know, during that time about songs and stuff like that. But uh, just listening to it, even now going back and listening to all the songs that they used to play them in the 60s, they just move you, you know, they, they just make you fall in love with Eritrea. It's like, oh, I would go fight for my country kind of thing. You know, you get that kind of connection from, from the songs that were playing in the 60s. Um, I think that's how everybody feels about them even till this day. Yeah. All right. So okay. um, I'm sure. I'll oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I know we have one singer that we uh, were going to talk about today. It was really big and started in the 60s. So if you want to go ahead and just start talking about him, Dawi. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, so we're gonna start off with Atwe Berhan Segi. That was his name. Uh Atwe Berhan, I think what it means is Berhan is like light, the sun shining. So Atwe, I think that means like walking in. So when he walks in the room, he lights up the room. I think that's what it means, right? Right on, yeah, on. you're right, like, you're right. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, we're taking it. We, we learn it step by step, but uh, but yeah, so Atwe Berhan Segi was definitely a symbol of lyrical resistance. He is kind of considered the, the godfather of modern Eritrean music uh, or Gwala music. And 
it really revolutionized the sound when the electric karar came out and uh mm -hmm. his songs were again really important for early recruitment and identity building and uh one really important song was uh that i'll let Raho introduced. It's called Aslamai Kistanai, which means like Muslims and Christians. So Raho, uh, tell us a little bit more about that and feel free to introduce the, the song as well. Yeah, so Aslamai Kistanai is one of the very famous songs of Alam Sagid. He has a lot actually, like a lot that people love, but especially this one, it's, um, um, sorry guys. Uh, especially this one, it's um, Aslamai Kistanai. This talks to all the Eritrean people, whether they're Muslim and Christian. Aslamai means Muslim and Kistanai means Christian. So Aslamai Kistanai. Uh, maybe I can just talk about the lyrics a little bit. Um, uh, he says Aslamai Kistanai or Wadukoladega, meaning the highland and lowland of uh, uh, citizens. The song goes like this. Aslamai kistanai wadukoladega makhruwatsai aithabowaga orketon adaga. Libnana didu maritna naitsu etotna wahidu kolotna tamiyom gobesti saridu. So this is how it translates into English. Um, Muslim and Christian high and low land of citizens don't give value to the advice of foreigners or you'll be up for sale. Uh, and he also talks about the second verse that I just said. He talks about how the land was dry and that there was no harvest and that our kids were hungry and our youth were in exile. So it's basically, he's calling on all the Eritrean people to unite themselves to, you know, fight for their freedom and get back their, their land so they can get harvest, you know, so they can feed themselves. Um, but I think it meant a lot more to the people at the time than it would to us or how we would understand it right now at this time. Um, this song is just too deep and too political, you know, like people would just be like, okay, I need to go fight for my country. I need to do this. It was more of like, uh, not propaganda, but something like that. You know, it's like calling all the youth to just go fight and save their countries and also unify people. Hey, these are foreigners. This is, this is our land. Whether you're Christian, you're Muslim, you need to come together and fight for this country kind of thing. Uh, and they still played the song. They respect the song. They it's very much loved by by all these Eritrean people, whether they're young or old. And it's so funny how those songs they pass from generation to generation. Even people that are younger than me, if they listen to, a, to them back home right now, they they treasure it. Really, it's like a big deal. You know, it's not like oh this song. It's not like that. If any of the songs come up. They, they look at it in a very different way than the songs that they play these days, really. Uh, he also has another song. I, I don't know. Do you want to add anything to that, Phil? Um, no, what we're actually going to do is just play a little bit of the song. Okay, everybody. sure. Yeah, that would be great. So now that you explained a little bit, maybe people can hear it and understand it a little bit better. So I'll go ahead and share the song real quickly, play a, a little bit, uh, about a minute or so, and then we can go ahead and talk uh, about the next song. I'm not a 
That's a pretty epic song. Uh, just to give you guys some historical context, uh, <clears throat> when uh, in 61 through like all the way through probably like 69, a lot of the Western part of Eritrea villages were getting destroyed. Um, there was a lot of massacres going on, uh, like in Keren in 67. And like there's even a picture going around of just like a bunch of young people hung in the middle of Keren. So it's important to note like Haile Selassie was kind of like and uh, really doing a lot of his destruction at the time in the Western part where all the Muslims lived. And he was trying to kind of turn the Christians and the Muslims against each other, kind of divide and conquer tactics. So this song was kind of a solution for that. Atwa Ebrahan Segi, the late Atwa Ebrahan, was telling the youth, Muslims and Christians don't fight, come together. So that's just some historical context. They didn't just make yeah. this song out of nowhere. It was like, you know, genocide level massacres going on mm -hmm. at the time. and and they almost didn't have any choice. They had to come together. So that's just something for you guys to know. Um, but uh, he also made a lot a lot of other great songs. Um, there's one song that we were going to bring up called, uh, well, we won't tell you what it's called. I'll let Raja say that. But I will say this. Um, you'll see a lot of pictures where he has an eye patch on. And you'll wonder, like, dang, he, you know, maybe he was just blinding his right eye. He wasn't born like that. Uh, he was actually, he did something really brave. He was in Adi Sababa in the, at the Haile Selassie Theater or the orchestra in the Addis Ababa Theater with uh, all, the, all the Haile Selassie's like supporters and generals or whatever. And uh, he went on stage and performed this song which is singing about Eritrea. And it was really like nori or like something you don't do, you know? And it was really brave of him to do that. So uh, Raha, I'll let you talk more about the song and let them know the name of it and uh, feel free to play it for him too. Yes, uh, the song is called Adi Jaganu, meaning country of heroes. It's just, okay, with Eritreans, when you say, when you say hero or jigna, it, it has different meaning. You don't go to fight for your country for money or like nobody pays you or you don't like one family, your mom, your dad would say, okay, go save your country. Even if they have to send all of their kids, you know, the sacrifice level was at such high. So it, when you say Jignab and Ertra, it's just completely different than what it is everywhere else or, or here, as we know, you know, like if you're in the military, you get paid, this and that, you know, you have benefits and stuff, even though you are sacrificing your life, but it's, it's a different kind. But back home, especially back then, there are families that lost all of their kids, really, you know, to the liberation. But anyway, this song is called Adjaganu, Country of Heroes. And it's still, it gives me chills. So if it does that to me, I can't imagine what it was doing to them back then, you know. 
Uh, and when there's such songs going on at that time, young people like young, a lot younger than us actually before they even turned 15 or 16 they would just go join the liberation so this was like a song that just touched the hearts of all the youth you know but anyway let me get to the song uh, it's called Adijaganu. Uh, this is how it goes my country country of heroes who are the traitors um, the song actually conveys the message to the Eritrean unions at the time that were working with Haile Selassie. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so there was some deep politics going on at the time. And uh, this, this song was the it for that time, really. And uh, like you said, he was performing this at the, the Haile Selassie Theater. I mean, that is like death sentence right there so the bravery that he showed at the time is just insane i mean who would do that that's like your enemy and you're just going to him to the king himself and saying like okay leave me alone or give me my freedom or my country is country of heroes and we'll have our freedom that's just insane but um i guess we can play a little bit of the song so you guys can hear but it's a very well-known back home a well-known song back home they played it back then and they still play it to this day and people have so much respect and favor to this song. Uh, he's one of the legend and for sure his his songs speak to this day to every Eritreans really. Phil, um, so can you play a little bit of the song please? Play it right now. just hearing them with new context brought up, you know, a lot in me, just knowing a lot more about it. So I know um, we only covered one singer tonight, but we're hoping as we go forward, we cover more and more um, through the decades of Eritrean music leading up to liberation and maybe even beyond. So I want to thank the both of you, both of you for being here tonight and teaching me so much. Um, and for everyone listening, if you have any comments or uh, any ideas, or if you even want to be on the podcast, or you know anybody wants to be on here, uh, feel free to just go ahead and reach out to us. We'll have the details, uh, you know, linked on YouTube and wherever we host the podcast. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Dowie. So you can go ahead and uh, talk about one more song. Um, and we'll go ahead and close up the, song, the podcast by playing the song. So Dowie, go ahead. All right, guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying it. So those two songs were about the liberation, uh, you know, 
kind of like about but this last song that we're going to talk about is, is more so about like the identity of the nation kind of the people's identity what who are air trains what are what are they what are they what do they believe in so this song is called Cheb Cheba and uh in the song he's shouting out Keren and he's shouting out Hamasian and yeah so he's shouting out all the air train cities so you know this song was uh kind of like more so a foundation of the nation's building and uh right feel free to tell him a little bit more about it and uh yeah sure so the, the song about again by atel Rahan uh sagib which is okay this song i so after this podcast is when or i would say after we start this research that's when i started knowing about this song i know the song as today's new singers that they sing the song literally everywhere i know the song very well actually but not from him i did not know he was the original singer but anyway the song is still played today in different form or style by so many airshine singers especially in an event where there's a lot of people uh it's kind of like a hype song if this song comes up everybody gets up and start dancing like literally <laughs> and um i'm not sure if he started that specific style or singing even the chachaba which translates into clapping like you know when you clap so chachaba chachaba like oh i like that i kind of it's the same thing as like clapping uh but since he's the early singer like you know 50 60 years ago i would say I, you could argue that he started it but i'm not really sure i don't know if Maybe our listeners would have an idea about that. Maybe they know something. But um, and another another point that I took from this song is he sang the whole song and then he said "hanti" or "hada," meaning uh, one more time, like let's do it once again. I never knew that they used to do this back then as well when they were just barely starting. You know, we hear this a lot now in Guayla, wherever there's event, people just the singers would just sing the whole song and they would say hada 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 like you know how air train songs go in circle i mean dance goes in circle and uh, once they say hada 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 then you gotta go another round like the whole song whether you're tired or not so uh, it was funny how they started back then doing this i i don't think we i don't think we knew the story like that you think like oh it's just something that just came up but it's actually it's been there for the last 56 years which is pretty cool to know and I found out that now I found out that it's this song that started it and um, I don't know maybe maybe he started this I don't know if um, I know he's a very talented guy he was a very talented guy but uh, I don't know if this was from you know because they used to play songs in the village and stuff like that and I don't know if this came from that or he invented it but anyway right now it's it's the main thing that you hear whenever you go to Guayla or events or wedding or baptism whatever if there's an event or party people literally play the song in every event in the same way after the Guayla is finished they will say had 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 and then you'd have to dance again kind of thing so that's pretty cool and there's a very hype song so you guys just get up play the song and dance to it all right. Uh, thank you, Rahul. Thank you, Dawid. So we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and play the song. Chesheba. So uh, once again, um, this has been Arian Talks by Eritrea American Community Center. I want to thank you both again. Thank everyone for listening and uh, everyone have a good, a good, whether you're listening in the morning, a good day, or you're listening at night, a uh, good night. So uh, ciao. Bye. 
Thank you. 